0: Before we jump into this specialty episode, I have some great news for my Corona brides out there. I know having your wedding postponed or negatively impacted by COVID-19 sucks and trust me, I'm right there with you. So to help soften the blow, I've teamed up with One Hope Wine who's going to give 1,000 couples the gift of wine so they can still raise a glass and cheers to love. All you have to do is apply on their website and they will gift you a $25 credit to pick out a bottle of your choosing and ship it to your door. And wait, of those 1,000 couples chosen, you will automatically be entered to win the ultimate Napa Valley Honeymoon, a three-night stay at One Hope's beautiful property in Napa. I'm going to post some photos over on social, you guys, but their property is gorgeous and it's actually where I'm going to be getting married next year. So this sweepstakes starts today, May 26th, and they will be drawing the honeymoon winner on June 21st. Go to onehopewine.com weddings to learn more and enter now. Cheers. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi friends, welcome to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. This is a very special episode this week. We are covering a pretty specific big kid problem that is personally hitting close to home for me. This is our Corona Brides episode. Now, I know for a lot of my longtime listeners, this episode might not apply to you. This is a very niche topic, but if you're into weddings or maybe know somebody getting married, feel free to hang out or pass this episode along to someone who might need it because this sucks. (laughs) My Corona Brides listening, like, trust me, I get it. And I am right there with you. This is a safe space. This is a really hard time to be planning a wedding. There are so many unknowns and so many questions that we all have. And if you're anything like me, the idea of postponing and replanning is all just so overwhelming that I really wanted to call in an expert to help us out. So I'm really excited that we have Lauren Kay on the podcast today. She is an executive editor over at The Knot, which is a platform dedicated to all things weddings. They obviously have a finger on the pulse of the wedding industry and have been following the impact of COVID-19 on weddings this year. So Lauren is going to walk us through some trends that she's seeing now. We'll talk about what to do if you need to cancel or postpone, things to know about wedding insurance or working with vendors in general. We'll talk about some creative ways brides are pivoting their wedding celebrations and what this may mean for weddings moving forward. We got a lot to cover, you guys. But before I kick things off with Lauren, I figured I would just share a little bit about my experience being a Corona bride because I am truly living and breathing this big kid problem firsthand. All right. For context, I got engaged back in May of last year. I did a whole episode about it with my fiance. I think it was episode 13 if anybody wants to go back and listen to it it was really fun but when we got engaged we had been dating for about 6 years at this point in time so i was definitely ready to get engaged you know what i mean like i was dropping some not so subtle hints that it was time for him to put a ring on it for a while and when we finally did get engaged i was super stoked but quickly i realized the questions started coming in about our wedding you know and i i realized i didn't really have a vision for the wedding that I wanted. Um, and I really hadn't thought about the work that goes into putting on a wedding. Um, pretty quickly when we started the process, I realized just how insane planning a wedding is. I mean, it's crazy. You're taking everybody that you love and care about and your fiancé's like whole life of people that they love and care about. And you're trying to plan this elaborate event, um, which... Even when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound that crazy, but when you really start getting into the nitty-gritty and working out all the logistics and where people are coming from and like color silverware and food and the flow of events and all of this other stuff that goes into it, I mean, it's crazy. And I, even before this pandemic happened, was so overwhelmed with planning the wedding. Like I, it's just, I'm not good at it. I I fully understand that I am probably on the lower spectrum of like being a, a bride. Like I am just, I, I'm not great at it. And it was, I found that it was very overwhelming, but I feel like through talking to you guys online a lot of you can relate to that too. Um but then on, on top of everything, you know, a couple months before our wedding happened, we were supposed to get married in July. Obviously, shit hit the fan. And literally, I remember I mean, I remember sitting, I was at the kitchen table proofreading my our invitations for like the third time. I was about to hit send on getting our our um our invitations printed when the news came out that the stay at home orders were going to happen and i don't know if if you guys can remember back then but like none of us had any idea what was what we were all in store for when this happened so i remember looking at my fiance and being like i don't i just feel weird about printing off these invites you know like We don't know what's gonna happen. And he was like, totally, let's give it a couple days and see how things shake out. Obviously, a couple days turned into a couple weeks. And meanwhile. This is in the thick of like, our wedding planning time. Like our at this point, we still have contracts we needed to sign. We still had big decisions to make about certain vendors we were working with. Like we were finalizing our menu and all this stuff. And who wants to do any of that when, like, the world is on fire? You know what I mean? Like, it took out all the I'm doing doctor. Evil quotes right now, fun of wedding planning because we were just, so overwhelmed and freaked out about what was happening in the world. And I mean, every day I was watching the news, just like so stressed out. And anytime anyone would bring up the word wedding to me, I just wanted to cry. Like I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, I cannot focus on this. I mean, every night, I don't know if any any Corona brides out there can relate to this, but I was literally... If I could sleep that night, I was having the craziest like wedding night terrors. Like I was just straight up having like horrific nightmares of like being on the news because 50 people at our wedding caught coronavirus, you know, like just terrible things and like waking up to night sweats on a nightly basis. And then on top of that, then also like, God bless them, all of our friends and family like reaching out with text messages like... Oh, is the wedding still happening? Like, what are you guys doing? What are you thinking? Like, and of course, everybody is like super well meaning, but people don't realize like I was probably getting like four or five of those text messages a day and having to like respond to those. I don't know if any other Corona brides can relate, but it was just like an added layer of like, oh shit, every single day. So every day, you know, we're watching the news and I'm just feeling worse and worse and worse about our wedding. And I really had to look at my fiance and say, are we going to have to postpone this thing? Like, what does that look like? And bless his heart. I mean, he's a sweet guy. He would just look at me and say, you know, babe, whatever you want to do, we'll do. If you want to postpone it, we'll postpone it. And like not realizing I had to kind of explain to him, you know, thank you, but I don't want all the weight of this decision on me. Like this is a big decision and I want it to be our decision. Like I don't want to make the call here and it be the wrong call. So I'd say making the decision to postpone our wedding was one of the hardest one of the hardest parts of this whole process. You know, we there was a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not so cut and dry. Like we obviously we we didn't know what things were going to look like in July. There were still so many unknowns on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I started looking at like even like our our life plans. Like I, you know, we're a little bit older in the wedding department. Like I'm 31, my fiance is 38 and I'm like, okay, if we're pushing our wedding by a year, we're also pushing kids by a year. Like, is that gonna give us some complications? You know, what is our work life gonna look like in a year from now? Like, there's just so many unknowns. And we had already put so much work into the wedding. Like, I felt like pulling the trigger and postponing was just, it, it, it hurt, you know? Like, it. it was such, it was just the hardest part. So I have to say, like, as soon as we decided to push the wedding, even though it was really hard, it was a hard decision to make, it i honestly felt just like such a weight off my shoulders you know we bought ourselves some time you know we could we could see kind of how things flushed out but it was Really hard to make. And I will say that postponing has its own challenges, you know? And I know so many of you are debating whether or not you should move your date and wondering what that all looks like. So that's why I'm really excited to bring Lauren on so she can help us understand the process and just get a clearer picture of the road ahead. Because trust me, guys, I'm right there with you. And I know this sucks, it's disappointing, it's sad, but I promise you, we're all gonna get through this together. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it with Lauren Kay from The Knot. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. My brides-to-be out there, if you have been having some restless nights and want to get a better night's sleep, let me tell you about a little gem called Manta Sleep Masks. I am actually low-key slash very high key into sleep masks. I'm a light sleeper and need total darkness to sleep. And somehow even when I sleep with sleep masks on, like little cracks of sunlight can creep in around your nose and that shit drives me nuts. That's why I am so pumped to hear about Manta Sleep Masks, which are 100% blackout masks for better, deeper sleep. The trick is they have these little adjustable breathable cups that rest over your eyes. It kind of reminds me of like a bra for your face. Like the cups rest over your eyes. So you have zero pressure on your eyelids or lashes, Uh, which for any of my girls who get lash lifts or extensions, like this is the sleep mask for you. The mask itself is soft, breathable, and adjustable, so you can personalize it to fit perfectly to your face. I just got the Monta slim mask and love it. They also have some super fancy masks out there, like the aromatherapy mask or the weighted eye mask. They even have heated and cooling masks where you can warm up or cool down the adjustable eye patches, which can be super soothing to your eyes and sinuses. I mean, if that doesn't sound luxurious, I don't know it does. So if you want to get a better night's sleep, I have a 10% off code just for our listeners to give it a try. Just go to montasleep.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. I'm also going to link it in show notes, but again, that is montasleep.com and use big kid at checkout. I'm so excited to have you here because you, you can kind of oversee what's going on across this crazy landscape that we call yeah. the Corona bride.
1: You're <laughs> have a front row seat. So let me tell you, it is, oh gosh, my heart just breaks for all the couples who are getting married during this time and having to change their plans. Um, you know, it's just, it's, such unprecedented times, you know, and figuring out how to navigate this looks different for everyone. And there are a lot of questions in the process.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's like kind of where I wanted to start this thing off. Like just acknowledging our Corona brides out there, like this sucks, you know, like this is is. not easy, you know, on top of everything, wedding planning is stressful enough. You know, like I was having a hard time planning my wedding just as is. And then like mixing in a global pandemic, you know, just not fun <laughs> no no and you know what
1: I think it's so important that you mention that because it is okay to be angry to like feel pity for yourself because you didn't ask for this you know this was never part of your wedding plans and I think a lot of people are you know doing their best to rise above and make changes to their schedules and their planning period but it's okay just to pause and feel a little self-pity because it is really hard and there's so much unknown that it isn't even like some of the typical things that come up when your wedding plans like oh goodness it's hurricane season where we're going a little risky here with the beach ceremony or, Oh, you know, it could rain on our outdoor event. I mean, this is next level. Uh, yeah. And, and there really is no right or wrong. It's the first time we're all experiencing this, which makes it even trickier to navigate.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And like, it's funny you mentioned anger, because that's like, that's what's interesting in this process is I'm like, I'm going through so many emotions like, and it's wild. And you feel, you almost feel guilty for, Feeling sad because obviously there's like a lot of other crazy traumatic things happening out in the world, but it is such an interesting thing because I think it's just one of the you know weddings. It's just it, it hits a different part of your heart, you know. Like this is something that you look forward to your whole life, and when things just go haywire, it can really just lead to so many emotions. So I think that absolutely. That's-
1: yeah, yeah, and you you should feel okay to be sad. I know. I, th- I think that it is um, so altruistic to think about like all these other people who are facing the real challenges of COVID—being they're sick, their family members are sick, people they love and care about are passing away. You know, those are all very real things too. But like you said, you've been planning this arguably a lifetime, right? And you've invested a lot of your time and energy and money in bringing this day to life. And so to have your plans kind of the rug swept out from underneath you, or have your plans change like this with not a lot of notice—is is really Challenging. So, one of my good friends was scheduled to get married July fourth. She's in it too, and you know we've been chatting, and and it's really hard to make decisions. And knowing that um, your wedding, however it happens, whenever it happens, is going to look different, is kind of a tough pill to swallow. The one thing I will say, which I think is so interesting about this, I was talking to a planner, and she was saying, you know, Lauren, like every weekend I try and pull off a wedding, and every weekend something, many things do whatever they can to make it less than perfect, right? It rains, um, the bride's dress goes missing, the caterer forgets to put steak knives on the table. Whatever the case may be, every single wedding has a bunch of those little hiccups. This obviously is a different scale, but it is so true that no wedding is ever perfect or perfectly imagined the way you might have been planning it for a year or 18 months. So it's really important to have that perspective and know that no matter what happens, you will be married at the end of the day and it will still be a very special, very meaningful day to you, even if it isn't the day that you originally had envisioned before the pandemic became a thing.
0: Right. That's so true. And that is something I've, I've heard from past brides. Like some of my friends who've already gotten married, they're like, there are so many things that went wrong. And I'm like, I went to your wedding. It was beautiful. Like I (laughs) noticed that. And then after the fact, you know, I think everything you're, all the brides that I've talked to are like, Oh, you know, I was stressing out so much about my bridesmaid not having her dress at the end of the day, none of that mattered. I mean, yeah. So I like putting that into perspective. Like you're going to get married. You're going to get married. This (laughs) might just look a little bit different. Um, I was interested. I was interested. And you mentioned your friend who is a July wedding. I am also, I was a July wedding. I'm interested because you guys, you know, at the knot, you've had the ability to like, do a bunch of polls and surveys I'm really interested in like the trends like clearly the summer brides I mean originally when this all went down I think some of the people who had spring weddings moved it to summer and now all the summer brides are moving like what are some of these what are some of the trends um, that you've seen and like who's safe like are even our fall brides safe you know. (laughs) You know, I think it's so hard to say definitively
1: who's safe. Um, I think that, I know this for sure, weddings will come back. They will be big celebrations once again. It's just a matter of when and how they look differently in the interim before they become the weddings of what we've known, right? Um, We surveyed a bunch of couples who are planning to wed between April and August, and we found that 52% of them rescheduled to a new date. Most of them pushed to later this year, and then 33% rescheduled for 20 2021. Mm. So, you know, it's it's a little tricky. My um, friend who was supposed to get married in July, rescheduled to January. And you know, it's, it's hard to say because this is a bit of a moving target, right? Like we get new information every day, new details emerge from the CDC, from the World Health Organization. And now as some of these stay-at-home restrictions are easing up, each state is making decisions about how they're allowing their economies, um, their businesses to open up. So depending on where you're planning to get married your regulations or what's being recommended could look totally different than someone else's. So I think the most important thing to think about is the safety of yourself and your guests when you're planning Um, and know that your wedding might just look a little different. So maybe you are still able to get married later this fall, but you aren't able to have 250 guests in one room as you had hoped to have. Instead, you're going to have to think of an alternate plan or maybe shimmy down your guest list a bit or um, come up with an alternative. And we're seeing a lot of venues propose really creative. creative ideas. So the couples can still feel a little ownership over those original wedding plans. They're just being executed in a very different way. And I can talk more about that if you want, but I think, I think it is really a time of like reimagination and realizing that even if you've postponed once, you may have to postpone again. It's so hard to say.
0: Yeah. And I definitely want to get into some of those creative, um, wedding ideas a little bit later on. Um, And I love that you brought up this point because this is something. Uh, even just talking on the internet with other Corona brides, all of us are just we're so confused, and everybody, you know, everyone's like, "Okay, are you moving your wedding? You're a July bride. Are you moving it? Are you moving it? Should I move it?" And that's such a key thing you just said to keep in mind: is every single wedding is so different, and I feel like you have to take the things into consideration. Like for us, um, our wedding our wedding was in, in California. And I feel like that's like mm-hmm. one of the... You have to see like what that state is doing. You know, are there um, guidelines for how many people you can have in a get together, which right now there are. Sure. Um and like we also took into consideration, you know, that was a destination for us. Like we, that would require most of our guests getting on an airplane. We also thought about like where our guests are coming from. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, even though Napa is kind of like you know not as a, a big of a city and it's a little bit more spaced out, we were like we were getting our guests are coming from New York City, you know, South Florida, L.A., like all of these hot spots, and sure. to get all of those people together in one room, like is probably not responsible, right? No, and I
1: think that's so smart and so conscientious of you to be thinking about yourself and also your guests and making sure that they feel comfortable because they undoubtedly want to celebrate with you, but it's at what risk, right? What's the smart and safe thing to do? Which I think we all weigh about everything, like from going to the grocery store to planning a wedding, you know, it's just, it's it's our new normal.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I think it's so good for people to kind of, you know, even though if we're talking and we're saying like June, July brides are moving, like definitely my Corona brides out there, consider your what your own plan is. Maybe if you're doing something local, if it's smaller, where you're having it, it could it could look totally different. So taking this one bride at a time is... Yes, yes. totally. Yeah, have you seen And that? one day at a time too, because like I said, the, the regulations keep
1: changing, you know? And so it's so hard to know exactly what's going to happen a month from now or two months from now um, for those people who have wedding plans for later this fall, you know, September, October, November, um, you know, it, it could look totally different than it does now, or it could be a version of what we're experiencing now.
0: Yeah. That... That, I'd say, is probably the hardest part is just the uncertainty of it all. There's no no precedent. We've never dealt with something like this. And like you said, I don't think anyone expected
1: for it to go on as long as it has or to have been as severe as it is. And so I think that um, coupled with the uncertainty makes it really hard to feel like you're making good, responsible decisions for yourself, for your guests, and and full on knowing that you do want to celebrate this moment, you know? I'm sure you have been planning for a long time and we're really excited to see everything come to fruition. You were so close. Um, And then to have it kind of, you know, all come out from underneath you. And then when you plan again at a postponement, does it look the same? Does it look different? Not even just what you had planned in terms of your venue or your vendors, but also, uh, you know, the time of year. Are you able to secure a different date? Does your original design plan still work? You know, are your guests still able to come? Do you have to show me down your guest list a bit? You know, what does that look like? So I think there are a lot of unknowns. And that's why I think it's really important just to be kind to yourself, you know, be patient, know that you're making the best decision that you can for yourself and for your guests, and, and forgive yourself a bit for it right now because it is, it's very unprecedented.
0: It really is. One thing that helped me, um, because I I was so upset, you know, every day we were watching the news and I was just, you know, seeing what was going on. I'm like, man, this isn't looking good, man, this isn't looking good. (laughs) And my fiance was like, look, like we can't spend every day leading up to our wedding freaking out. So what we did is he was like we're going to pick a date, we're going to pick our like last possible moment that we're going to have to make a decision and we're not going to worry about it till till then. Do you think like how far in advance do you think you need? I mean, we chose like 2 months. We're like okay, we picked a date 2 months before our wedding and we're like at this point we're going to either postpone or we're going to go forward and we have to communicate it. Do you would you say you need maybe a little bit more time or what would you say would be a good leeway?
1: Yeah. You know, I think it depends Um, not just for a a firm answer, but like you said, for you, a lot of your guests were traveling to California. So it was a bit of a destination wedding of sorts. So I think it depends on where you were planning to wed and the size of your celebration. So if you are planning a destination wedding, even if it's here domestically, you know if the majority of your guests are traveling, you want to make the call as soon as possible as a courtesy. They're going to have to change airline reservations, hotel reservations. And everyone is pretty understanding given the climate we're living in. Even still, though, people like to be able to plan ahead of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, with all these guidelines um, from the CDC and the World Health Organization changing regularly, in addition to those like federal social distancing guidelines, it's a bit of a moving target. So I would say, you know, a month or two in advance is is a really kind thing. I think as we get closer into the fall months, people may have a better scope of what it could look like. So, you know, thinking ahead a month or so, if you can, even six weeks or so, we usually say that that's a good time for sending out invitations and getting RSVPs back so you can inform your caterer, And other vendors, um, you know, check in with your vendors and see what they need in terms of a timeline because that could be a really good clue to when you need to make that call. And there is something weird about, you know, having your caterer own that decision in part or giving you a guideline that makes you feel like, okay, now I can feel really good about this date that I'm going to call it on, you know, because it impacts you, but also other people who are involved in your wedding planning.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's it. That you brought up a really good point about the vendors, like communicating with your vendors. That that's something we did mm-hmm. before we made the postponement call. We definitely talked to all our vendors, and we're just like, okay, what happens? You know, like if we have to postpone, when are you available? And like, we kind of got some. We got like their timeline. We kind of wanted to make sure that we could push dates without, like, you know, losing our deposits and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So. I think talking to your vendors before you make the decision is a is a crucial crucial piece of information.
1: Yes. And I feel like they, um, you know, they want to pull off this day for you and they want to be able to go with your plan B. They're just as upset as you are, right? So if you are talking to them, especially if you have a wedding planner, that's a great person to start with. If you don't have a planner, your venue is probably your next best bet. But, you know, they're up to date on the guidelines. They know what they're capable of and what they're not. They can also start to talk to you about things that, you know, maybe we don't know exactly when we're going to be opened up and able to accept your entire guest list, but we know even then we probably won't be serving that buffet or that. Self serve appetizer station, you had plans. Let's just start talking about that now. Or, and to your point, every vendor contract looks a little differently. So, if you um, have put down a deposit or if you've been paying in installments over a payment plan and for the course of your planning, you're going to want to chat about that too and see what your options are um, so that you can, you know, have as much of your wedding budget intact as possible, even when you postpone.
0: Yeah, that was like a big thing I wanted to talk to you about, like what your options are with vendors. Have you seen and kind of like what you've been witnessing so far um, in terms of, you know, getting your money back, are you most likely going to lose your deposits? Like if you end up completely like changing your plan, Um, what are some of the trends that you've seen there?
1: So again, this is so case by case. Um, It depends on where you were in your planning, uh, what you had signed in your original contract, what that language looked like. Um, Also, it depends on what you're planning on doing, right? Like if you're postponing versus canceling, those are two different things. I would say... Almost every vendor we've talked to and all the vendors who are part of the that are so keen on helping these couples. They feel just as sick over this whole situation as these couples do, right? They really love being able to bring these wedding days to life and they hate to disappoint. So they're doing everything they can to work with couples to come up with a new plan B. So it could be changing the date a little bit. So a lot of couples are going to have to reschedule their dates. And knowing that more than 20,000 weddings happen every weekend in the US pre-COVID, so many People are going to be in the mode of rescheduling,
0: so you know that's a, a crazy times... stat. Wait, Isn't that mad? <laughs> wait, wait, twenty thousand a week. More than twenty thousand weddings happen every weekend in the U.S. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of permanent brides. (laughs) Totally. And and that's
1: just it, right? So now everyone has to find another date. And I know that in recent years, a lot of couples are taking longer to plan their wedding in large part because they want to secure a specific venue that only has a certain number of available dates, right? So I think everyone's going to have to get a little bit creative and open-minded around a Thursday, Friday, Sunday, or even a Monday date. And in doing so, you might actually be able to secure your entire vendor team. So this would mean that you wouldn't necessarily be changing your plans too drastically, but maybe you have to modify your guest count or You know what you're serving or how you're serving it. These are all little things that can be adapted and still fall within the original contract you signed. So it's best to take a look at your contract and see what your options are. Every vendor is going to have different stipulations around refunds, postponements. Talk to them, have a candid conversation. And again, if you have that wedding planner, lean on them to be an advocate for you. Oftentimes they work with these same venues, same florists, same caterers, same bakers all the time. So they already have a nice rapport and can help try and negotiate or work on a plan of action together on your behalf.
0: Yeah! Wow. I, there's a couple of things there. Okay. One, did I hear you correctly when you said a Monday wedding? <laughs> like, I did. Is, are people actually doing that? People are actually like, that's. I guess that is an option. You know, to like totally. You know, it's not just the weekend, right? And that
1: is just it, right? So your friends and family could still celebrate with you over the weekend. Um, you know, a lot of weddings these days aren't just a single celebration of a ceremony and a reception. Oftentimes, there's you know, a pre-wedding event like a rehearsal dinner or a cocktail reception. And many times, there's a brunch or some sort of after party after the reception itself. So there are often a lot of events that take place over the course of a couple of days. So this is really just shifting your whole schedule by a few days. So Monday weddings are a thing. I think a lot of people are going to look to capitalize on you know, the entirety of the weekend. So maybe starting the party early on a Thursday or a Friday if there's availability and the schedule. But you know, again, just getting creative of knowing that there's going to be very few dates available as so many couples are being forced to reschedule.
0: Ugh, that's such a thing. Um, real quick before we go on to that, while we're talking about vendors and things, mm-hmm. um, I'm interested about wedding insurance because I didn't get it originally. And I'm, I've am i never even like really heard about it until all of this started going down. So... Can you talk to us a little bit about like what that is? And if you like, I still have a, f- a few vendors that I have it signed on the dotted line yet. Like, should I get it with them? Like, how does it all work?
1: So yeah, it really depends on your insurance provider. And I will say, be very careful and read the fine print on wedding insurance. It is definitely something all couples should explore. It protects against a lot of different things. What you probably aren't going to find in that contract is any language around a global pandemic. (laughs) So even if you had wedding insurance, it might not have saved any uh, time or heartache as it pertains to the situation we find ourselves in with COVID-19. But it could help you or even uh, give you some more leeway on other options in terms of how you could restructure uh, what you would originally signed on for or how you could recoup a portion of your deposit. So I think the most important thing is explore your insurance options. A lot of times you can get insurance on um, just the venue, for example. So if you have like a natural disaster, say a hurricane or something like that, it could be included. Um, Sometimes it's about, you know, travel or about damages. So if you lost your wedding dress in transit to your wedding destination, there might be coverage for that. So it really depends on each insurance provider. So if you haven't thought about it and you still have some vendors that you are contracted with, it's a good thing to explore. Just keep in mind that you want to be really clear about what you're paying for in terms of insurance and make sure that it's the kind of coverage you're looking for, the thing that you want to protect against.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, even to back up from there. So wedding insurance is, it's a third party thing. Like you go and get, you find an insurance provider. So it's not necessarily with every vendor. Exactly. Okay. See, like I said, I had no idea about any of this. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised. Okay, so that's a third party thing to be careful. Yeah, in like... those cases. I will say so when I got married, um, I got married at an art museum and we had to take out an
1: additional insurance policy just because our guests were going to be in close proximity to the art. That's so that was something that <laughs> <laughs> it all went off just fine. Um, it did rain on my wedding day, but all the art stayed intact. Um, but you know, it's really this idea of what is important to the venue in terms of their contracts. And sometimes there are insurance requirements for venues, Often Sometimes if you are getting a permit, say you want to get married on the beach, sometimes you need additional insurance as required by the city um, where, where your beach permit is. So, you know, additional insurance can come up in various instances. Then there's also overall coverage insurance, much like you would have a homeowner's policy or um, a blanketed luxury investment policy for jewelry and things like that. So, you know, there are insurance providers who, you know, look to help couples who are planning a wedding and secure it as best as possible from things like national disasters or other things that might come up, generally not pandemic. So that's why I just say, be careful and read the fine print.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have heard that, that like even people with insurance, like, you know, it didn't really help because it didn't have that pandemic in there. Um, totally. If you don't have wedding insurance, because uh, like I said, like, I have a couple of vendors that I haven't signed on the dotted line yet. Can you like in your contracts, you know, negotiate, you know, getting your deposit back if like there's an act of God you know, it's going to totally depend on the vendor. Um, you know, some people might say, you know, yes, we can write in some
1: language knowing that you're postponing your date and there's so much unknown around COVID. You know, I mean, when you think about it, all of these vendors are small businesses. They're all people, they're all human, they're all experiencing this in different ways. Their businesses have taken a hit because they're not able to produce weddings. You know, they might be caring for their children at home because they don't have access to childcare because daycares are closed or schools are closed. So we're all kind of in this together. And that's why I always say, if you can have really you know, clear and candid conversation with a vendor. So let's say you hadn't signed um, your DJ yet or your photographer, you could speak to them and say, hey, listen, if I have to change my date again or if I have to move and you're not available, what kind of terms can we work in that are mutually beneficial so that we're protecting, you know, you're being protected and I'm being protected in case, you know, we have to postpone a second or third time. So you know, if you want to make any changes to the contract language, it's always helpful if you have a little bit of experience reading contracts or it can maybe a friend who's a lawyer who can take a peek at it to make sure that you know you're on the up and up with what you're asking for, and then just try and negotiate a little bit with the vendor in question and see you know what feels like a mutually beneficial agreement, especially if you're going to add language to the contract that maybe doesn't exist, but now is certainly a factor as a result of COVID.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really good thing to think about. Um Just because in my own experience, uh, when we we decided to postpone our wedding, and l- you 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 mentioned this too, and I wanted to point it out. So many weddings are postponing that we've actually. It was pretty difficult to find a date that all of our vendors could um, go towards. Like we're we're pushing it out a full year. Like we are now June twenty twenty one, and that's almost a full year. And even then, some of our vendors, like we we like we we had a couple dates that we had to go back and forth on because people were already booked. So not I to say that not to scare anybody, but I do think that adding that in somewhere because the likelihood of getting all your vendors to agree or have the same dates open could be challenging moving totally, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's and the end why we're suggesting think about an alternative date like a Monday wedding or a Friday or, you know, because oftentimes that will allow you to keep the majority of your vendor team intact if not everybody, um, which will eventually, you know, make things easier on you, right? Like you already did all your research to find these amazing pros. You've already signed contracts which means you've likely given a deposit. So in order to avoid having to do the research over again or have to risk losing any money, if you can get everybody on board for the same date, that's your best yeah. go. But to your point, it's really tricky when they're also trying to accommodate dozens of other couples who yeah. are in the same situation.
0: God, that Monday wedding I can <laughs> like I'm really having trouble wrapping my brain around it. like I hope at, at least if you postpone to a Monday, you're getting some deep discounts like there's got to be some kind of perk or something.
1: Well, you know, I think it's just rethinking how you're getting married. You know, I mean, I went to a wedding once where they had cocktail hour before the ceremony. Like there are so many different ways you can do it. So even if you're having the Monday wedding, maybe the Monday is the reception and maybe you have a really small intimate ceremony a different day. Maybe you do something really cool with your guests on Saturday or Sunday if they're going to be traveling or coming in town. So there's lots of ways to think about it so it doesn't feel like, "Oh my gosh, we'll have to get up and go to work the next day." But This idea of like, how can we celebrate in large part the way we had planned to celebrate, but shifting the date so that we can still get married? You know, I think it's amazing that you guys were able to find a date. I know a lot of people, like my friend who's getting married, she didn't want to wait a whole other year. You know, she wants to start a family soon and they have a lot of things they wanted to accomplish, you know, a honeymoon, all these things. And you're like, I don't really want to postpone a whole other year. So for couples who are really eager to get married, um, they might have to make some concessions and think about a different date.
0: Yeah, I, I also wanted to, to talk about that too, because we've been talking about postponing, but there are other options out there. Um, I have a girlfriend too, who same thing. She's like, we we want to start a family. Like we don't want to put our lives on hold. So she's going forward and getting married and then they're going to have like a bigger reception later on. Also, for my brides out there, I know it's probably been tough to keep your beauty routine intact during quarantine, but now you can work on your beauty goals from all angles with a combination of targeted ingredients for hair, skin, and nails with care of. Care of will deliver personalized vitamins, proteins, and collagen to your door. And I love that there is no guesswork when it comes to your care of beauty routine, because all you have to do is take their online quiz and you'll instantly receive scientifically backed recommendations based on your goals, Lifestyle and diet. I actually took the quiz and really like how Care of digs a little bit deeper to see if you may have any underlying issues that could be affecting your beauty goals. Things like hormones, sleep, or digestion all play a role. If you want to give Care Of a try, you can get 50% off your first order. Just go to takecareof.com and enter code BKP50. Again, that's takecareof.com and enter code BKP50 for 50% off your first order. Um, I would love to talk about some of the things like for our brides that are pushing through and um, keeping their wedding date like what some some trends you're seeing now? Like, are you seeing like social distancing, like wedding trends at all or anything like that? You know, it's hard to
1: say um, because we've just now seen an ease in the federal guidelines around stay-at-home orders and, um, you know, the gatherings were still meant to be 10 people or less. Um, you know, six feet of separation. There's a lot of stipulations right now. What We have seen is a lot of couples are honoring their wedding date in quarantine. A lot of them are actually getting married, officially getting married. And we're calling this a mini-money. And sometimes it's just the couple. Sometimes they have an officiant on Zoom. Sometimes they have tapped their baker to make a small wedding cake. Or they've invited some friends and family to watch the ceremony virtually and toast them after they say their ideas or say their vows. So a lot of couples are doing that with the plans of having a celebration at a later date. So it is kind of like a postponement, but wanting to really make it official as they had planned on the day that they had chosen and then doing what we're calling a sequel wedding where they'll celebrate either on a anniversary or at a later time when all of their friends and family can gather in the same place. So that's been popular from the standpoint of people who... You know, just want to get married. They just want to do this thing. Um, We're seeing a lot of people postpone their big celebration to a later date and still get married officially, um, you know, in their living rooms, in their backyards, um, maybe with just a couple of friends and family present to kind of stay within that 10 person quota. Um, but that is an option for people. And then there's people who maybe don't want to go through with the whole vows thing, but they do want to still honor their date in some way. And we've seen a lot of couples doing it, you know, again, in their living room, their first dance or exchanging vows or doing something like that. Just the two of them where it isn't actually official, but it's a way for them to kind of honor what they had planned to do on this date when they set out planning their wedding, a, you know, a year plus ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask about that too. Like, if you, the other trends that you've seen from couples like honoring their date or like what's some nice things to do? Cause it can be really sad. Like, I imagine when July 18th hits, like, I'm going to be in a not great place. Like I'm going to be pretty bummed.
1: Yeah. Well, sure. Because you've been looking forward to it for so long. And, And so that's why I think you have to kind of take it back, right? Maybe it's making a special meal. Maybe it's mirroring the meal you guys had on your first date, or maybe it's, um, you know, opening up a bottle of champagne that you would plan to use or opening up one of those registry gifts that you've gotten. It could be champagne glasses. It could be something else entirely. Um, a first dance could be really fun, you know, putting on some sort of element of your wedding attire. If you have it like your wedding earrings or something like that. Now, if you, want to save these things for the postponement or the a date that you choose to really celebrate that's okay too but it's just kind of nice to to honor it and just pause even if it's just the two of you um to, to make it feel special because like you said you've been planning it for a really long time and looking forward to it and you know no matter what it's not going to be exactly what you want there will be disappointment but there could be silver linings too
0: yeah yeah, I think that's important. Like, don't just sit around and be sad. Like you can right. do something to honor it. We're planning if, um, if we're allowed to, like, we're, like what we're doing, we want to do some kind of like, you know, mini vacay or go somewhere, even if it's like getting an Airbnb in a cabin, yeah. like we might just like do something to get away and like make it special. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of um, some of these creative ideas, because I've seen I've seen people doing some like really awesome stuff around you know bachelorettes and and bridal showers, like virtual things, um, and even like couples doing postponements, like creatively. Uh, have you seen like what are some of these these trends that you've seen and like how to do like a creative postponement?
1: Yeah, so in terms of postponing the actual celebration, I think people are getting really creative about how they're telling their guests. We've seen this rise of the change. The date card, which I think is really cute. Um, some couples are doing videos and doing some sort of like skit or something in quarantine to share the details with their guests. Same thing for a lot of these couples who had planned a threat party or um, you know some sort of pre-wedding event. A lot of them are going virtual and see people do really fun things where they've dressed up. They've sent videos to the couple. Um, you know, even sending boxes and things that they open together that has kind of like the fixings for a fun at night in, you know, face masks, champagne, those kinds of things. And a lot of people are choosing to once again, postpone those events saying, you know, it's an all or nothing thing. We want to do all the celebrations when we can do all the celebrations the way we intended. So, you know, a lot of couples are getting creative and making the best of it. I saw someone do like a little parking lot celebration where they all went to the same parking lot and set up their lawn chairs six feet apart and, you know, just hung out for a little bit together. So, you know, know. Really is about what feels right to you and what feels like a great way to honor this moment in time. Um, But while knowing that you can still, you're still entitled to a do over to, you know, an after wedding bachelorette party or a pre wedding bachelorette party for your wedding sequel or, you know, kind of mixing up the order of events just so that you're able to experience all those things, even if the timeline doesn't really align with COVID 19's timeline.
0: Yeah. That's like a big thing. I feel like there's no rules here anymore. Like yeah, take a post-wedding bachelorette, like do that, you know, like totally you can still like honor all of these things in a different timeline. I, I really like that. Um, one of the things my, cause I, that's another question I get sometimes what I've been posting like so much Corona bride stuff and people are like, what can I do? Like I'm the maid of honor. And like, what would a Corona bride even want for her bachelorette? Um, I love some of those ideas of like, you know, having your friends dress up or like sending videos, like making nice things. I had my girlfriend, uh, my bachelorette was supposed to be in Cabo and she... Ordered it us like Mexican food to our house, so we Aww. had like queso and like my fiance made like a pitcher of margaritas. Um, that, that was really fun. sweet. Yeah, so there people are people are getting definitely creative. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to mention too on the postponement front, I love the idea. You mentioned videos. I think that's so funny. Like doing like a little skit. I'm a big proponent of the doing some type of like digital. I did a virtual. Postponement, and um, I actually I, I put it on a blog so that anybody who like needed inspo can see exactly what I sent. So I'm gonna link that in show notes for anybody who's curious. You can see what one of these actually looks like, um, which might be helpful because when I then there's a lot of cute ones out there. Yeah, <laughs> people, are, people are doing a, being very creative during this time. One other thing, you know, we haven't talked about yet. And this is one big headache, I think, for Corona Brides too. And something I didn't think about um, is just the whole dress situation. Like, (laughs) honestly, like you order this wedding dress. Ten months in advance, like especially uh, for my girls who are postponing. Like you might have been having a summer wedding, you you ordered a summer wedding dress, and now your your weddings in December. You know, are you seeing uh what what are our options? I guess for brides who might be looking to change their dress or might not be able to get their dress because of all the delays. Yeah, so it's it's going to vary
1: no matter where you are in the country, but also like where you are in your. Planning. so we've seen couples who are like just starting to plan and need to dress shop for you know a, a longer down the road planned event, and people are doing like cool virtual appointments. Um, a lot of bridal salons are doing the best they can to you know offer their services digitally, right? I think if you've bought your gown already, it's best to check with the bridal salon where you purchased it or the store where you purchased it and see what your options are. A lot of times you can add a sleeve to something or a sheer sleeve. You could also talk to a bridal stylist about how can you accessorize your gown or how could you modify it. If the gown isn't already in production, you may be able to have a little more wiggle room. It all just depends on when your wedding date was and where your gown is. Um, if you aren't able to secure it in time for your celebration, Result of the postponement. That's another thing you have to talk to them about. You know what are your options? I think everyone is trying to be as accommodating as possible and offer a good alternatives. So again, it might not be your plan A, um, but you know they are going to be able to hopefully offer you something that feels like a good plan B. Uh, there are lots of different ways you can accessorize a more summery dress for a winter wedding. Again, you know not ideal, um, but a lot of times two people are having more than one dress for their celebration. You know there are different ways to go about it. There's a lot of great resale sites too. So you know there are options. You have, I think, the best thing for you to do is to call the bridal salon where you purchased your gown, see what your options are, see where things stand, and then take it from there. They can, you know, help hold your hand and help you make those decisions around, you know, what to do, how to restyle your gown, um, or how to get something else in time if it's a if it's a time issue. And then if you are in the planning stages where you haven't chosen a dress yet, a lot of these salons are doing amazing things virtually, which they're just making the best of a of a lousy situation. But they're offering a lot of service to to brides who are looking to start their dress shopping.
0: Yeah, that's like one thing I'm just starting to look into now because um, obviously I pushed my, my wedding by a year and I'm still kind of in the same. I'm only like a month difference. So I, I'm going to try and keep the same dress. Uh, but there's also, I realized you can also have your wedding shop hold your dress because they do, um, they, they're able to keep it, keep it safe for the year and, and store it properly so it doesn't lose its coloring. Uh, that's but they're so important. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know this was a thing. I was like, "Oh, I'll just get my dress and throw it in my closet." And <laughs> and like people are like, "No, it needs to be stored," and that also that that's like an additional fee. So that's just like something to maybe consider yeah yeah and if if,
1: you know if you don't have the means to do that there are ways that you can safely store your dress for the year in between um but yeah it is important to be thinking about those things and that's why they're just such great resources i mean they do this every day they know what the fabrication of your dress will require um you know they can come up with alternatives to really like lean on them you chose their salon for a reason you know that they can certainly help you through this and because it is a weird thing to navigate
0: yeah Yeah. And you mentioned the resale sites too. Um, I'm going to link that in show notes. There's like, I, I know of Still White. I don't know if there's any other that you know of. Yeah, we have some
1: resources on our website. Um, you know, for a lot of couples, like I've had a friend who chose a dress and then got closer to the wedding and was like, this isn't the dress. And she found another dress and she was able to still recoup a good bit of her investment by reselling the dress. So her her original dress. So I think a lot of people come across this for one reason or another. You know, maybe their plans change, um, you know, as in this case, the seasons are different or something like that. So there are other options. So, you know, don't feel stuck, explore all your options. And I think what you said earlier about talking to other Corona brides is Helpful because you know, like I said, there are so many people in this situation, and everyone's coming up with creative solutions. So, you know, jump on forums, jump on communities, see what other people are doing, see if they have any recommendations. Because often, people who are living this have great tips.
0: Yeah, I will say, like, the Corona Bride community is strong. Every time (laughs) I post something, like, there are so many people being like, Oh my god, I'm going through the same thing. Like, everybody is we all have each other's backs because. Nobody gets this like your fellow Corona bride. Totally. You know, I was interested too, to see, you know, you obviously work uh, in the wedding industry and you, you see everything from a different lens. You know, you're, you're looking at these things year over year. Uh, Do you think that there's going to be any long-term effects that this situation has on the wedding industry at large?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting. Um, You know, I was reading an article the other day about how we're all, you know, really ready to get back to normal, but what does normal look like? I think that, you know, until we have um, a vaccine or a successful way to protect ourselves as a society, we're all going to go back to normal, so to speak, in a different way, especially depending on where we live in the country, right? So I think there are going to be restrictions that couples will have to adhere to that might make weddings look a little differently. So it could be a size restriction where you might see more couples choosing an intimate celebration or... Um, you know, something a little smaller scale. Um, We're seeing a lot of couples look to do things a little differently because of the pandemic right now. And I imagine some of those trends might continue. So for example, if you have older relatives who might not feel comfortable traveling, you might still have a big celebration, but you might still want to have a virtual component or hire a videographer or somebody to capture that so that you can share it with somebody who couldn't physically be at your wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think think that's a really cool thing that, that comes with all this. Like my videographer was amazing. And one of the best things I did was hire a videographer for my own wedding. It's just, it's really great to be able to look back on it. So I think that could change. I also think the way people are getting married, especially in the near term, is going to change. So, you know, I was saying earlier, people are getting really creative around what they're going to do. Um, So we're kind of coining a few of these these different ideas. So one of the things we've been thinking about is this idea of a mini wedding. So it's not necessarily an elopement, but it's a much smaller wedding that usually is less than 50 people, somewhere around 30. 25 to 30 people, maybe even up to 50. So this would be a micro or a mini wedding. And it's really about super close friends and family getting together. So it's not an elopement, but it's just a smaller group. Um, This wedding could also have a subsequent celebration with a larger group at a later point. Um, You know, there's also this idea that's kind of coming up called shift weddings, which is kind of like the idea of a progressive wedding where couples can still host their wedding day at their original venue with their full team of vendors, but they are interacting with everyone at shifts. So they're able to adhere to the social distancing guidelines and able to really minimize a large group setting. So, you know, maybe they hold a ceremony with a certain group of guests and they live stream that to everyone else. And then they have a reception, um, you know, for a few hours before the next group of guests arrive, which gives the venue time to properly clean and sanitize in between. And then you can, you know, see all of your guests in the day. So that's like another option that's come up. So I think people are going to get creative in that way. Even this um, new concept of a multi-wedding, kind of getting back to what we were talking to before, where a lot of people have events prior to the actual wedding day, the ceremony and the reception, like a rehearsal dinner or a next day brunch. So instead of inviting all of your guests to everything, you invite guests to different events, um, which would, again, allow you to meet those social distancing guidelines. So it's very similar to a shift wedding. It's just a different approach. So I think that will be a, a big thing. The other trend I think we'll see is a lot more sequel weddings. So for couples who are even getting engaged during this time, maybe they don't want to put all their eggs in that bag get an attempt to plan. So in that instance, they might do something small and then have a second scale or a second celebration at a larger scale. Um, this could be something that happens at an anniversary or you know following an intimate event. So I think we'll see a little bit of that to the sequel wedding. Um, in terms of what they might look like later down this year, I mean, gosh, it's so hard to say. I know when cell phone chargers were a really big thing and having a charging station at your wedding was huge, I could see a hand sanitizing station. I could see couples you know, doing really cool things with masks in their wedding colors or embroidering them with guest names. And, you know, I think there will also be a lot of virtual elements too, um, just for, again, all those people who might choose not to travel or who might not be able to travel. I imagine that we'll see a lot more space per person at venues. So maybe the dance floor is bigger to allow people to, you know, not be on top of one another, right? Um, or more seating spaced out in the dining room or in a ceremony setting. I think we'll see more of those like plated dinners and less of these, you know, drinks stations or things where they feel a little bit more buffet, where you could have more uh, people gathering around, say, an open appetizer display. And I think we're going to see a lot of people leaning on their guests, their close friends and family to get involved. You know, we've been separated for what this, like week nine of quarantine. I think we're all really looking for ways to connect and reconnect with those people we love and hold near and dear. So I could see a lot of couples really leaning on you know, their closest friends and family to be part of it. So it could be part of vows. It could be sharing memories of each other or a unique arrangement of seating so that, you know, you have different interaction with different people or honoring loved ones who maybe couldn't attend um, as part of the celebration. And I also think the entertainment is going to change which we've been seeing a little bit snippets here and there but instead of just it being about music and dancing I think there's going to be a few more of those interactive experiences for guests that will allow them to be engaged and enjoying themselves but they won't they could either do it from their seats or they could do it in smaller groups as opposed to a really large gathering so you know it could be something around um, you know mixology it could be a play on you know the couple's relationship or some of their passions or their cultural backgrounds Uh, you know Receiving lines have been a really big thing and we could see them doing some sort of like contact less greeting like the elbows or maybe there's like a secret handshake or a gesture line that people do um you know all different ways of just thinking about how they can
0: reimagine it so
1: that it's safe and appropriate for their guests wow
0: yeah there's a that's a that's you got a lot of great ideas in there <laughs> it's really interesting i i uh, yeah i i it's interesting i mean thinking about The wedding that I had in my brain before all of this happening, it's really hard to see it looking the same even a year from now, honestly. Like, I think of like having 150 people on the dance floor. I'm like, wow, I don't know if it's going to like feel the right, like the same way. So, I like some of those ideas of having like more interactive things. It's interesting. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting thing to see. Absolutely. You know, I hope things get back to normal, but. Who knows? I do too, And you
1: know, I think they will. I think our normal might look a little differently for a couple of years, at least until a vaccine is underway and all of that. But you know, I think there's a couple things that will remain no matter what. You know, there's this idea that that love is not canceled, right? People love to celebrate love, people love weddings for good reason. Weddings will be back, they will be big again. Um, and you know, when we're coming out of quarantine, we're gonna really be looking to connect with those people, to hug people, to you know, share this really joyous time. So we'll definitely see a lot of that. And I think this um rising personalization we've been seeing over the last handful of years will become even more so as a result of having to really distinguish your wedding from other weddings or get creative around what used to be that like, oh, every wedding has a dance floor, every wedding has a DJ, whatever that whatever would be, you know, finding ways to do it differently that is unique to the two of you and that honors your relationship, I think is going to be even more special now and even more prevalent.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a nice little positive uh, is that I feel like it's not going to be as traditional as it used to be. I think people, like you said, are going to be allowed to do things the way that they want and be a little bit more individualized. And we're going to see weddings in just a, a different light, which I'm here for. Cause I, there's a oh, lot of yeah. things in the traditional wedding sense that I'm like, kind of happy to see or going away. (laughs) Totally.
1: I mean, that is our mission too at The Knot is is really to to empower you to have your wedding your way and to do what feels right to you. And that's something we've been, you know, preaching for for years and years and years. And I think more and more people are coming around to that idea, especially now um, when they're having to rethink their plans and, um, you know, and change what what was normal to this new normal. So my hope is that everyone will feel really empowered to celebrate the best way for them—be um, it a mini money at home, be it a sequel wedding later—you know, whatever feels right to you—I think that's such an important thing to, you know, start your marriage off on this like very honest expression of authenticity.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Another interesting thing too uh, to that point—it's something I've been thinking about—is like kind of the extravagance of weddings in the past. Like, I feel like coming out of this, and obviously, so many people are getting hit financially. Um, I wonder if that will change too, because even, even in our wedding, I'm like, wow, there's so many things that I just want to cut out because, um, I, I, it just feels really weird to spend so much money on a day when I feel like I I, honestly, in a good way, I almost feel like it's kind of coming back to what the wedding should be, which is, it's a day about, you know, celebrating two people that are like starting their lives together. I feel like at least in my experience, I've noticed that we're kind of getting away from some of the crazy stuff. And we're like, we're going to get back to like just being it about us and like making it a little little bit less uh, of a spectacle.
1: Totally, and I think that is something that's um, will be a really positive as a result of this. You know, some people may not have the financial means to spend, be it um, you know somebody at a bridal party to someone who's actually planning the wedding day. And then I think there's also going to be that real question of of not appearing tone deaf to your guests, right? Like, oh, I know so many of my friends are losing their jobs or you know have been impacted financially as a result of, of the economy right now. So I think that is something that will be a real positive of this very unfortunate situation is that people will get. Back to what's really important. And I always think that's uh, you know, where couples should start. Like, what are the two or three things that are super important to you that will make this feel like your wedding day or your wedding? meeting you as a couple and really leaning into those things and finding ways to celebrate you know we've seen um the guest count come down in recent years but the spend go up so i think you know what we've been noticing is that more and more couples want to celebrate with their closest friends and family they still want it to be a cool luxury event but they want to treat a handful of their really close people to those fun celebratory things so you know i think that's going to continue to write the smaller guest list but finding ways to really celebrate big with those people um and i think that other thing that will come out of this, which I really love is just this idea of love right like that is why you all set out to get married and I think that it is so easy for that to fall by the wayside or become less of a priority as you're making all these decisions and putting down all this money and deposits and whatever else but you know being reminded of like what is the real reason why we're doing this and at the end of the day if you two share your vows and officially are wed by an officiant I mean that is the outcome we were always hoping for right and then everything else is just gravy it's all the bonus stuff of making it feel like a real celebration and allowing Really, your family and friends to be a part of that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. I do. I think that that's like a, a, one of the rare positive things to come out of this whole thing. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, well, I guess to wrap it up, I wanted to ask you: Do you, you know, do you have any other insights or any other advice? Like, what would be one key thing that you would advise um, for our Corona out there?
1: Yes. Yeah, so Big thing is kind of what we started with is that permission to be upset. You know, it's okay for you to feel disappointed or upset or to even acknowledge these feelings and know that they're totally valid. Um, You know, it's it's a hard thing when so many people are being impacted differently by COVID 19, but it stinks to have to replan your wedding. Um, It's really hard to have to make all these decisions on the fly with no precedent and a lot of uncertainty. So it's okay to have those stages of grief. Um, You know, we at the Knot, we want to help you every step of the way. We have a hotline you can call. Uh, that number is 833-998-2865. You can also email us at help at the knot.com. It's an emotional time. We want to be a resource to you. So even if it's just to vent or to ask us some questions or ask for guidance, we're here to help any way we know how. And then I would say be kind to yourselves. Um, spend some time with your partner. Remember why you're in this together and make the decisions that feel right to you. Um, go with your gut. Oftentimes that's the best thing you have, um, you know, when you're making weird decisions like this, so talk to your partner, figure out what's best for you guys and then go with it and don't look back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to, I'm going to link that those things in show notes too for anybody that anybody can get out there. Um, I will say one of the big things, um, for me, that's helped me a lot in this process because it could just be, it could feel really, really overwhelming. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, I was having a hard time just planning this wedding by itself before all this crazy right. happened. Like it, it can be a logistical nightmare. It can feel like a lot. Um, you know, your families all have opinions. And then you, you add this element of the uncertainty and all of these vendors having like different things going on. It can be a lot. The thing that has kept me, my head above water has been having a wedding planner. Uh, um, it, and like originally I didn't think I could afford a wedding planner. Like my fiance and I um are pretty much, Planning our wedding on our own, and I, I tried to do it myself. So, um, for anybody listening there, there are cheaper wedding planning services. Like, I have to give a shout out to—I um, used a virtual wedding planning service called Flutter Social, and like, they've been amazing. And it's like the fraction of a cost. So, even if you don't think you can afford a full-blown wedding planner, there are other options out there. And I'll be sure to link it all in show notes for you guys too to help. That's
1: such great advice. Wedding planners are amazing, so not only can they help you like all of the little steps along the way, but you know, like you said, you spent all this time, and if you can have somebody there to just take the reins and deal with the problems that they come day of, then you can really enjoy all of this effort that you've expended over the last year plus planning you know it it just it's such a different experience for you as a couple
0: a hundred percent and like. Having a wedding planner, somebody who has done this before, because all of us, most of us brides, like this is probably your first time, or maybe your second time, maybe your third. Who knows? But uh, somebody who actually is in the industry, who like knows what they're doing, knows how to talk to vendors. Like, I can't stress enough how key that is. (laughs) Totally, especially now. Like I said, a lot of these planners have. Deep
1: relationships with all of the vendors they've recommended to you, so they've known this course for twenty years. You know, you're not the first client they've brought in, so there's a bit of a rapport that can really benefit you in situations like this. But just in general, which is great,
0: yeah. And I will say too, going through this, I've been pleasantly surprised at how nice like vendors have been. Every vendor that I've worked with has been so understanding, so like we get it. Like this is awful. We're going to do what we can to help accommodate. So I think that that's, that's a nice silver lining too. And for any Corona brides out there, we're here for you. Um, obviously, <laughs> if you have any other questions, concerns, let us know. Uh, I'm happy to be a resource. I'm going through this myself. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys here at The Knot can help answer questions. And you guys have a lot of awesome resources too.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Thank you. We are so happy to
1: help. So call us. <laughs> yes.
0: All right, Lauren, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Good luck with your wedding. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope it was helpful and that you got some value from it. I want to give a big thank you to our guests this week. I'm going to link all their stuff in show notes. so You can find out more and send them some love. If you like this episode, definitely share with your friends, post it on IG stories, tag us, let me know your favorite part or any aha moments you may have had. You can of course find me on Instagram at big Kid Problems or on my personal at sarahameryl underscore. I love connecting with you guys and hearing your thoughts on this podcast. As always, I want to give all of you a big thank you for tuning in and listening to this show. There are lots of podcasts out there and just know I'm really honored that you choose to spend your hour with me. If you haven't done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and leave a nice little review if you're feeling generous. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. And if you get bored before then, I have lots of other episodes you can catch up on. So until then, I will see you next Tuesday.